Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. We explore everyday stories, dive into experiences from real folks, and highlight transformation, grit, witness stubbornness through the human experience with a healthy dose of I can't believe that really happened to you. I'm your host, Monica Martin. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome to the Verbal Echo Podcast. I have Belinda here with me today, and I'm so excited to have this lovely lady on the podcast. Welcome, Belinda. Hello. Thank you very much, Monica, for having me on today. It's lovely to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. We were chatting a little bit before we hit record, and um, Belinda has such an amazing story. Um, She is uh, all about body confidence and her story has such an interesting um, background. So take it away and let's let's hear how you got <laughs> to this point. Okay. Um, well, uh, it's a long story, but I'm going to shorten it. <laughs> so it started when my first recollection of my body image, I was 11 years old and I had started my ladies things and I felt like overnight I had just gained these boobs and this bottom um and I remember standing in school in second in sort of senior school looking around and thinking I'm fat everybody else was slimmer and taller and obviously that was my view that's not actually true and actually I wasn't fat or overweight at all but that is my first recollection of feeling very uncomfortable in my own body And it affected me not so much through school, not as not as much as it would have done maybe other people. I sort of just learned to be it. Um, And I don't even know how I got through school. I think I just I I liked school. So I just studied um, and just um, threw myself into my creative pursuits. Um, I love all things creative from dance, amateur romantics, gymnastics, um, and, you know, other stuff as I've got older in life. So I threw myself into all of that kind of stuff. I never really thought about it a huge amount until I got to 16, left school, started to work out what I was going to do. Um, I think my first recollection, I was absolutely adamant I was going to be an actress. That was it. There was no other option for me. And I just assumed that when I left school, I would go to drama college in London. And and then my mum and dad, who are fabulous, okay, I'm, I'm the youngest of three daughters. Um, my mum and dad were, were fabulous, but they were very normal parents of their time. And I think that's how I have to explain it. Because the first thing my mum said to me was, that's not a job. Um, And people who go to drama college have rich parents and we are not rich. So you're going to have to think again. And I was like, oh. And that's when I think I internalized that as you're not good enough to be an actress. Now, that's not what my mum said. But of course, how we perceive stuff is very different to how other people see it or say it. So I decided that it, I just got a job. Didn't really think about it, just went into retail and just got a job. 
but that is probably where a lot of my body confidence problems started. So if I just explain a bit of background, my sister, who was six years older than me, uh, Nikki, she was put on a diet at eight years old um, by the doctors. And not by the, but my mum put her on because my mum was advised by the doctors. Uh, and it purely because she had had tonsillitis for nearly a year and a half on and off, lost quite a lot of weight. They decided to take her tonsils out and my sister could actually eat. And she ate. And then they decided that that was a problem. Um, so my whole life, I know nothing but diet culture and not diet as in healthy eating I'm talking about restrictive diets and I followed my sister in terms of my body shape my eldest sister is totally different to us um, and she's more like my mum we're more like my dad so you know genetics is a big thing and I, I just remember at 16 Nikki was on the Cambridge diet and I decided I'd follow suit and then Nikki's hair started falling out. And so we stopped that and then we started something else. And we, I mean, that was our bond as sisters. We were very close. All of us are close, but particularly because we felt each other's pain. Uh, we knew how, how we felt. And for me, it led me into my sister had had a not very nice relationship before she got married. I did exactly the same. And I know now that's because I had such low self-worth that I was prepared to accept anybody who found me attractive because I just wanted to be loved. My parents split when I was 18 years old after 27 years of marriage, and I was just desperate to find somebody to love me. So I had a not very good relationship, and then I went from that to get married um, to a man who was very kind, very lovely, um, wanted nothing much from me really, just to love me, which sounds perfect, but it's not perfect when you're on the rebound from something not very nice, because all you're doing is, again, trying to find a better form of love. Um, and it was during that time, <laughs> he was a lovely man, but I'll tell you what, I don't envy him being married to me. I was not easy. There was no there was no mid-Belinda like there is now. There was Blinda up there or Belinda down there, so like really high or really low. Um, to everyone else, I was the life and soul of the party. I was happy-go-lucky. I was, yeah. Um, to the real Belinda, the real Belinda would go out, not be able to buy clothes. I was a size 18 then, probably 18 to 20. And everything that in that that time was for old ladies. Um, so I would come home and I would shut myself in my bedroom and I would cry and I would tell myself that I was disgusting and that I needed, that I had no self-control, that I was not worth it. And... This carried on for quite a few years till my late 20s when I actually contemplated what my worth was on this earth. And I don't know what happened as trigger in my head. And that's probably the only thing I never told my sister. <laughs> we talked about feeling depressed and low and unhappy, etc. But I never actually told her that. Something just clicked and I thought, this is not normal. There's something wrong with me. 
but I wouldn't go to the doctors. I was so embarrassed. I mean, honestly, so, so embarrassed. Um, so I'd heard about therapy, or as we call it, counselling, and I thought that's probably the route. Spoke to a couple of people, and then I just found someone that clicked, that I didn't feel judged by or um, uncomfortable with. And I had uh, two years of, of therapy and I came out the other side a much stronger person having dealt with a lot of my past. I can't say that my body confidence was fabulous at that point, but it was a bit better because I was slightly more happier with who I was. Um, but it also made me realise that I should not be married to the man I was married to because I would eventually just hurt him anyway. Um, I wasn't, I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him. And it's not enough just to be loved by someone else. You have to love back. Um, and so I made a harsh decision to leave and it was awful. I wrapped myself with guilt because of it and I left. My dad was really disappointed with me told me I had everything. I had the house, I had the money, I had everything. Um, and if that's, you know, some people still believe that nowadays, it means nothing. That's one thing I have learned big time. It means nothing. Um, and then I left and I came back. I was going to live with my mum and she had a new boyfriend who I, yeah, wasn't. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I've been away from home. I got married at 22, you know, it's just like, I'm like nearly 30. And then um, interestingly enough, and this is when I think everything happens for a reason, I bumped into my childhood sweetheart who was divorced and looking for someone to rent a room in his house because he couldn't afford the, the mortgage. And so I moved in with him to rent his room. Um, and I stayed that way for a while because he had children and it's not been something on my radar to have children. It was a sort of conscious choice. And um, yeah, so... Uh, I moved in with him um, and I got a job and I just sort of bumbled along, really, I suppose. I wasn't great, but I wasn't awful. I was just sort of dealing with everything. Um, and then I got a, a really good job. I joined the diet, a, a leading diet club, okay? And I, for the first time ever in my life, lost weight. Okay. And I thought, well, this is absolutely fabulous. And then I became employed by them as a manager, um, as an area service manager. And I worked long, long hours because everything I do, every job I do, there's a need for me to prove myself. And I don't, I didn't know what that was then, but I do obviously know what that is now. But there was this obvious need to really prove myself. And so um, I took the corporate job, which I loved to start with, and worked really hard at, a little bit at the sacrifice of my marriage, because I'd married uh, Sean by then, um, and a sacrifice to my mental health, definitely. And then... I'm trying to think a little bit further down the road. So I was trying to think how old I was. I had a phone call one day. My husband is a painter and decorator, has been all his life. And I had a phone call. He'd fallen 30 feet off his ladder. He had two bleeds on the brain and a fractured skull. And I had to get to the hospital quickly. 
they didn't know if he was going to survive the night. We had been married five years, just over five years. What a wake-up call. That's so, oh gosh, that must have been awful. It was, I I don't even know how, even saying it now, I go prickly. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's, yeah. Um, So that must have been a a point where... Was that kind of a turning point uh, in all of this? You were working this corporate job and you were on this track of working all these long hours. Probably, I'm assuming it it sounds like it must have been kind of high stress, even though it was in kind of this health and wellness field. Yes, yeah. You know, that is really a common theme out there. I mean, you, some, some of these corporate, um, health and wellness, especially the medical industry, it's so unhealthy. And so you're, yeah, it's, it's such, it's such an oxymoron. Uh, So you're in this corporate job, you know, you're working this, uh, in this wellness field, you're thinking, oh, I'm doing the right thing for my, for my health and feeling a little bit better. I've lost a little bit weight. And then you have this tragedy. And so I hope your husband was your husband. Okay. Or he did survive, but obviously Mm -hmm. brain injuries change people. Um, There's no two ways about it. So it was like learning to live with a whole new man. Um, And we had to find balance in the end because um, it exasperated temper for him. So he would lose his temper quite easily, not physically, but, you know, mentally. Um, And that did come to a head at some point. Um, And he will be on lifelong depression tablets to balance his brain because it's just unbalanced now. Um, But, yeah, so it did, yeah, and, I mean, the environment I worked in, I was giving way too much of myself to them, less to my husband. Um, But also, this was an environment, when you went to a management meeting, you were weighed, okay? Oh, goodness. If if you had put on weight, there was consequences. And do you know, Mm -hmm. I can tell you now what we used to do as managers right okay so I was really friendly with one we would drive to the meeting we would eat nothing and drink nothing from the night before some people took laxatives okay now this is not healthy okay no and we would get on the scales and there was no excuses okay we would get on the scales and then do you know what we'd do because the scales would be first thing in the morning we'd go off to the nearest Starbucks Mm mm-hmm and get a caramel macchiato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which are good, by so the we- way. <laughs> <laughs> they are really good. <laughs> and they and um, they know that. That's why. <laughs> but it about, was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I look back now and I think, oh, my God, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was so a how ridiculous did, environment. So it sounds like at that point you knew, okay, I am deep into this toxic diet culture. Was there a moment where you said, okay, I have to get out of this? Well, not straight away. So the first thing was my husband took priority and getting him better. And so I took a step down. I I stepped down from being a manager and went back to being um, a leader again um, so that I could be at home more. So um, I could be around and help him recover and, um, and all of that. And then it would have been about a year in. I had been feeling really not well and my weight was going up and up and up. I was doing the same thing, 
I was like, I don't, I don't know, something's not right here. And I would be weighed in, even as a leader, you're weighed in, and, and I'd get like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you know, I actually don't know. I am doing it right. And, of course, nobody believes you because it, there is this thing in the diet industry when you say to someone, yeah, I am doing it, but you know underneath you're not. But I was. And I thought, this is really strange. So um, I had to go to the doctors. I was having really bad headaches as well. And he said, oh, we'll change your contraceptive pill. So I said, oh, okay. And he put me on a new one. And within two days, I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? I'm allergic to this pill. This is absolutely terrible. So I found the doctor. I said, I need to come back. There's something not right. I don't think this pill works for me. And when I went back with my symptoms, I had a male doctor at the time. And he said to me, we'll take some blood tests. Okay. Didn't tell me what for, just would take some blood tests. And a week later, I got called in and I walked in, sat down and he and I was 38 years old. And he said to me, you're going through menopause. At 38 oh, years wow. old, I wasn't Aww. really... I wasn't really sure even what it was. I hadn't really mm-hmm. investigated it because that's something that happened to older women. I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's right. Well, no, it is right, he said. And, and I noticed you haven't had children, so it's something we need to talk about. And I just sat there in, in like, <laughs> oh, oh, my like, skin oh my is God. crawling right now oh. hearing this story. But okay, continue on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. And I went home and I cried. I just cried. I mean, children hadn't been on my radar, but it isn't until you told you can't have something. You yes, think, it's very different. It's so different. And also, I, mean, yeah. I think a woman's body you naturally believe that you will have children or that you can have children if you want them. Exactly. Maybe you choose not to. And that's that, you know, I I am in support of any woman who decides not to, because I had three children. I love my kids to the ends of the earth, but it was hard. (laughs) So no judgment. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's different when, when someone tells you, oh, by the way, even if you had been thinking about this, guess what? Now you really can't. And so that's very, that's hard. It's like someone's taking your female energy away from you. You become I mean, especially when you think about how society thinks about women, like you can choose not to have a child. Absolutely. But if someone tells you, oh, you can't, that's different. So, yeah, I can imagine what you were going through. That that must have been awful. Okay. And I went home and I cried and spoke to my husband. And he was really good. He said to me, I don't understand what you're going through, but whatever you need from me, just tell me what you need and I will make sure I support you in whatever way I can. Uh, so I came to the decision that actually children, everything happens for a reason. And I hadn't thought about it till then. So, you know, this was okay. But then I thought, oh, I'll do this naturally. I don't want, like, I'm not a fan of pills and stuff. And then when I went back, he said, no, you won't. He said, if you want to look like 50 by the time you're 40. I'm like, oh, oh okay. He said, you'll be going to a specialist. He said, um, there's a history of osteoporosis in your family. Is that correct? I went, yes, there is. He said, yes, well, you'll be going to a specialist. And this was just this matter-of-fact conversation about my life, you know. It's like, I'm real. Thankfully, the person he referred me to was female. And when I said to her all these problems, that she said, well, the first thing is you are going to put on weight at the moment. It's as simple as that. It's like. 
thank God, you know, she said, we need to find a balance now. Um, and it, it took two years to find a balance um, because things weren't working. Um, and it was hideous. I, I, I nearly bled constantly for two years in some format or another um, because things that they were trying with HRT contraception, it just wasn't working. Um, anyway, thankfully, when I turned 40, they tried a coil and contraception and it worked. Um, but in that meantime, I had put on all the weight that I'd lost and was feeling pretty crap about myself without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and it was about the same time then with my husband sort of two years into recovery, back at work, etc. And I said to him, do you know what? I, d I don't want to do this job anymore. I, d I don't want to be this corporate. I, I can't tell them that dieting is good because it just ha isn't good for me right now. Um, and so I walked away and I'd already partially started my own business selling ladies accessories and I just took that one step further and opened the boutique and oh god it opened a world to me of clothing and being able to not like being able to buy things that I could actually wear but not having to buy things that I had to pour myself into tight-fitting underwear to look half reasonable or you know what I mean it was that whole just opened a world to me um and it was it was a business, but it was also life changing for me. And that's when my body confidence journey started uh, very slowly, bit by bit. Um, and then I did some real sort of research into it and started pushing the boundaries, finding out more about things you can do. I never knew what affirmations were, never even heard of them. Um, uh, I, I got into doing... Um, I wrote some journal stuff. Yeah, there was just all, I tried all sorts of things that I found free online. Some worked, some didn't for me. Um, and then COVID hit. I was struggling to keep my business afloat. It was really hard work and so scared of losing it. And at the same, so, so I had that first year, um, and at the same time, my stepson had moved in. So when I met my husband, his children were one and three. Um, and at this point, his mum didn't was really struggling with him. He was 20. And so he came to live with us in the December and the lockdown started in the March or April. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge change in our lives here. Did you have a brick and mortar store uh, for your boutique? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you, yeah, did you were you locked down? Was your store shut down? Did you yes. try to go online and that sort of thing like a lot of people did? Or did you just have to shutter? Right. So to start with, for the first six weeks, because we weren't allowed to travel and my boutique right. isn't like down the road from me. So there was, I couldn't do anything. We couldn't even travel to send out orders. It was like a, a no. Oh. Um, I know. Okay, I, I, I was just paralyzed. So what we did, and this is when my body confidence journey got propelled into the limelight, I suppose. Um, my, uh, my manager, who is my best friend, we worked together, we built the business together. She says to me, you're going to have to go online. I said, we've already got a website. She went, no, 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 no. You're going to have to go online. You're going to have to do videos. I'm like, videos of what? She went, well, You've got clothing at home that we've got in the store. 
Chris, obviously we wear one. So she could do that. She said, you're really good at like demonstrations and stuff. And I said, oh, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. So she, I said, people are going to come. They're going to say to me, you're fat. You, what's your stupid pink hair? And I had all these like, oh, my God, in my head. And she said to me, we have had this business. And I think at that point it would have been about six years. She said, people won't. She said, our customers need to know we're still there. People are feeling lonely you know, they want to know that, you know, so I, so, and I just remember the first videos I recorded, re-recorded so many times to be perfect. I was absolutely convinced that's what you needed to do. And then I really, I let Karen, she did all the posting it out and sorting it out and all of that. And I was just terrified, absolutely terrified that I would get real nasty comments. And then I didn't. I was like, wow, that's interesting. And actually what we got was, oh my God, it's so lovely to see you. We've missed you. We've missed popping in the shop. And and, and it sort of changed. It changed me. COVID changed me in good ways and not such good ways. So um, yeah, so I that's how we carried on for a while. And then we obviously, then we were able to travel. And what we actually did because we we have uh, it's a small town where we have our shop, we actually took orders. So we went to the shop two days. We took orders on a Tuesday. We would go in. We'd have all our orders, and what we'd do is we'd drop them around to people's houses. They would try the stuff on because this is the my age group of customer aren't totally online. Okay, they are and they aren't. Okay, so what they like to do is try on. They don't want to buy, pay, push all that. So what we did was we dropped the clothing off in the morning and by three o'clock they would let know let us know what they wanted and what they didn't want. They'd pay for what they wanted. We would go and collect what they didn't want. And that's how we did it. <laughs> so it sounds just... like you had to be super flexible and you guys were able to uh, you were able to roll with uh, challenges and the obstacles. Yeah. For your customers yeah. and you knew yeah. your customer base you knew what these people wanted did is this a women's only boutique it is a women's only and yeah. are you still in business yes we oh, are please, uh, please let tough. everyone know where you're at i know we've probably got <laughs> some uk listeners so where where can yes. people find so we'll, your boutique uh, i am based in coggeshall in essex um and when we come to the end of this i think you said uh, like a fun Thing about where it, you know, where I live and what it is, and that will be okay. really relevant. When okay, I come to okay, the okay, end, so, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and what and what's the name of your boutique? It's called Bees Boutique. Wonderful. Oh, that's so wonderful. Okay, so you guys are you're 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 just adapting to this COVID nightmare that we're all in, and I think we all had to do a lot of adaptation. Um, everyone I've talked to. Every interview, everyone I talk to mentions the pandemic. And it's such a um, pivotal point in our lives in this century. It's And people talk about it as how I was before and how I was post-pandemic. Everyone changed. It was the great equalizer. And no one says they regret it. No one. I've never met anyone that says that they regretted it because we all have come out different. Maybe it was hard, but 
it just seems like we all came out with a new perspective. And so you're going through this, you're going through this business transformation. You're battling with some personal anti-diet stuff going on. And I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about some of the misconceptions that are out there about dieting, uh, body image, BMI, um, and that sort of thing, and how that helped transform your um, transition into being, to helping other women. So, um, well, the real pivotal moment of helping other women came in Jan 2021, when I lost my sister within a week, suddenly. Um, And she was in hospital, so I didn't even see her. And um, I'm so sorry for your loss. She was 54. She was a mum. You know, it it was, yeah, um, it has changed my life forever. Um, And after, I mean, initially, I didn't, I just dealt with everything that we had to do. Um, And I didn't really, I sunk, I started to sink into depression, actually, and I've never had depression before. Towards the end of the year, I mean, I know it's depression now, then I sort of didn't see it. Um, And that's almost what propelled me forward to actually train, have coaching and train as a body confidence coach. Because I'd had therapy, therapy deals with your past, coaching deals with your future. And I felt so strongly about the fact that my sister was 54 from eight years old. Okay. She had been on a diet. She was on a diet the week before she died. She never found peace with her body. And it propelled me to say, this is not good enough. This is not acceptable. And this is not what women should be doing. And so I had coaching, which helped me um, really push my body confidence levels up. I mean, the uh, recording videos and stuff, I'd done a lot for it, and I'd really started to get, you know, confident with it. But that really propelled it, you know, forward. And, um, and then I thought, do you know what? When I talk about this to everyone in the shop, okay, my ladies coming in and they've all, some of them have aged with us because we've been there a while. And they're, oh my God, you know, look at these arms. Oh, I can't wear that. Look at my fat tummy. I'm going to look like mutton dressed as lamb or whatever. And I thought, this is getting worse. This isn't getting better. We're supposed to be going forward. And actually, we are not in any way, shape or form. We are going forward in some ways, but when it comes to body confidence and societal expectations of women, we are not moving forward. Okay, so um, the trouble is uh, women our age are equally digesting information that youngsters are digesting in a different way. So what we're digesting is getting old is not acceptable. You need to look younger. You need to be slimmer. You need to be fitter. Um, I how many women I talk to who worry about going to the doctors with something because they think they're the doctor's going to say it's because you're overweight. Okay, and overweight, BMI. What is BMI? Okay, it was a it was a, a scale that was um, I think it was a scientist or an astrophysicist or something like that. Okay, and it was made to measure, not measure body. It wasn't you. It wasn't never going to be used for medical purposes. How can it? 
How can it possibly size? We are just constantly measured by numbers. Okay, Belinda's back. Yeah. Sorry, we had a little uh, Wi-Fi drop there in the signal, so that's okay. We're, <laughs> we are a couple of 50-plus-year-old ladies navigating tech, and we're doing great. All right, so Belinda's back. <laughs> we are doing it. Uh, but we were talking about some body confidence, um, and um, yeah, so um, I can't remember where we were at, but go ahead, Belinda. <laughs> you were talking about your journey. You were talking about your journey. Um, and how you got to get into coaching. And so I'm wondering if you could share with us, um, you know, how you decided to go into uh, becoming a body confidence coach. Yes, because when you train as a coach, you can actually coach in most things, depending on what your sort of training is. But um, I thought about it a lot. And I thought about doing business because obviously I am an entrepreneur. And then I thought, I want to do something I'm passionate about, something that makes a change. And I know, I mean, like I said, my sister passing has propelled me into this really um, because I just, whatever time I have left, I'm, I'm 51 this year, whatever time I have left, I want it to be the best part of my life because I have lived with shame and guilt and not feeling worthy for far too long. And this is going to be the best part of my life. And I want every woman who's getting older to feel that way, to feel that the next stage is going to be the best stage. And it can, absolutely can be. Um, for, you know, for whatever reason you've got, and body confidence is a huge subject. It really, really is. And it can be affected by a lot of things. The most important thing is I always ask my clients the same question because um, I work on a one-to-one -one basis is how important is it to you? How much do you value it and how much do you value yourself? You know, are you worth it? Because we often come from a place, especially women, of not feeling worthy, of not feeling good enough. And it's interesting when you do coaching for women, specifically women, um, particularly our Asia group, we tend to spend less on ourselves than a typical younger female nowadays and than a typical man our age. And I do wonder sometimes whether that comes from maybe um, if, you, if you're in a, a relationship where, say, the male earns more money than the female, so you feel less you know, less like you should spend that money on yourself, I suppose. And it also as a mum, you're a mum, I'm sure that, you know, if your children want something that comes above what you want. Oh, it so does. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, my kids. Uh, well, you never stop being a mom. Let's just let's just leave it at that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, that, you know, that's part of the female experience, too, is just being a nurturing person. And and wanting to give and that's great and everything but you definitely have to have boundaries uh but um so you're you're you decide to go into becoming a coach to help you work specifically with women is that true it is yes yes okay um and um what was what kind of training did you go into what how did you find your program Okay, so um, I trained with the coaching masters. I did my certification first to make sure 
it was what I wanted to do and then loved it so much that I did my accreditation. Um, and at the moment, I'm working through uh, two other courses, NLP and holistics. I'm quite spiritual and that really appeals to me. And NLP, I love. Um, do you know the one thing I think also that's helped my body confidence is learning something new. As as we get older, and we were just talking about tech, how much tech we've had to learn in the last, you know, whatever we've been doing. And I think that has really given me value as to how much I can actually still take in and how much I can actually learn. And I'm so proud of that. And I think... And the other thing I did, so I said to you, I love dancing and all of that. I find exercise, normal exercise, really difficult. I, I'm just not a gym bud or anything like that. I love nature. I garden. I grow food. I cook. I love being outside. So that's fabulous for me. But I wanted something more. And I'd remembered before COVID going to see a local burlesque troupe perform. Okay, um, in a 50s shop where I buy, used to buy a lot of 50s dresses and I, I remembered it. And that was last year. I thought, I'm going to join. I don't even know where my confidence came from, from it or anything, but I just joined. I did shimmer for a, it was called shimmy for a fiver. So you could just go and try the class out for five pounds. And I walked in on my own. I was a nervous wreck before I went. I thought, oh, my God, am I going? It said on there, all ages, all abilities, all shapes, all sizes. And I remember when they performed, there was bigger girls, there was smaller girls, there was older girls, there was young. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, let's, let's try it. And I did. And I walked into that class and I walked out on the biggest high. It was the most welcoming environment for body confidence I have ever walked into everybody was different ages different shapes different sizes wearing weird and wonderful things and I knew I'd found my home that's and such, such a safe space that I you are brave I don't know <laughs> if I could do that <laughs> I love it I oh I love it I love it it's that sounds like so much fun um and dance is such a great way for um, movement. I mean, to move your body. And I, I think that's where a lot of people struggle with, uh, you know, like fitting movement into their life to help them balance all the other. It's such a keystone habit movement. And when we stop moving, we start getting, we start aging really fast. And so if you find something that resonates with you, who cares what it is? Ice hockey, burlesque, fishing or whatever, just uh, listen to what your body wants to do. And that's when you can keep doing something when it makes you happy. And when you try to force yourself to do something that other people say you should do, it doesn't work. It doesn't it work. It does not, not work. work. You are never going to stick at something that you don't enjoy that becomes a chore. You, you're never going to stick at it. And that's why when you're building body confidence, Having a coach, it's not down to me to tell you what you need to do. It's down to me to ask the questions so that you can find out what you want to do, the truly what you want to do, because the surface stuff is the stuff you think about every day. The subconscious stuff is the stuff you don't think about unless someone asks you the right questions. Yeah. 
And so many people don't find their voice. And that's where a coach can help you find your voice. If you are ruminating over and over and over and over, you're stuck on a hamster wheel. You're never going to get anywhere. If you could have figured it out, you would have done it on your own. That's where a coach in such a short amount of time, three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, you know, 12 weeks, whatever, they can get you past your obstacles. Challenges are put in place for us to grow. You can stay stuck at that threshold or you can find someone like yourself uh, or me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm a coach too, but it's so cool because uh, it's such a fast transformation. If you've never tried coaching, um, it's such a game changer and it can be, and it can happen so fast. It can get you out of your own way. And so you're doing this um, in such a, such an important space as far as um, women or anyone who identifies as a woman to accept their body the way it is and and be okay with that so that you can bring other because I think it's I think what you're saying and I could be wrong but it seems like this whole thing about this body and this diet stigma is a roadblock to bringing other, aspects of health into your life because if you're stuck at this gate you can't get past it because you're feeling so um you're feeling so stuck with how you feel about your body that you're unwilling to bring other things into your life whether it's healthier eating or movement or whatever it is so i'm wondering if you saw that as a way to help people Absolutely. So the the thing I've realized about myself is that because of my lack of self-worth, because I didn't feel worthy, I didn't, I didn't treat my body like it was worthy. And so the diet thing was just an aspect of my physical appearance. And even when I lost the weight, still wasn't happy. Because I hadn't worked on me. Um, And what I've found is that when people start working on their self-worth that and their low self-esteem, they start naturally wanting to add in healthier eating. And I'm not talking diets. I'm just talking choosing things that you like. I'm talking about um, wanting to exercise a little bit more. I'm talking about wanting to be a bit more seen, go out a bit more, you know, because some people, it really does hold them back. Um, I'm talking about finding good relationships. If you have got high self-worth, you are not going to just take anybody, okay? You're going to find the right person. And I'm talking about being a role model as well for your children, for other members of your family, for, you know, whoever. Um, And that really does come down to one thing and that's what's inside you and that's about worth um and and working on just the physical appearance it doesn't matter how much plastic surgery you have if you don't work on the inside it will only be surface happiness that's so true that's so true um boy you're i love everything you're saying it's resonating with me um and i'm i'm hoping that it's resonating with anyone that's listening to this and know that you are not alone, that this is not a soul experience that you're having. This is being the whole concept of BMI. And it's so interesting because we looked this up before we started recording. And I want to read this off um, about, you can look this up yourself. Just We just looked it up on um, 
Wikipedia because we we couldn't remember. We knew, we had both heard about this um, with a, the whole anti diet culture um, information that's out there. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there if you're feeling this way. But I want to read this off to you. Um, BMI was created by a Belgian astronomer, mathematician, st- statistician, and sociologist. He devised the basis of the BMI between 1830 and 1850 as he developed what he called social physics. He never intended for the index, and I can't pronounce this, his last name was Ketele, I'm not sure, It's his name was Adolf. <laughs> I'm not good at pronouncing Belgian last names. Um, he never intended it to be used as a means of medical assessment. So if you are feeling that there is just something not right with what people are telling me, it is because it should not be used in a medical way. So you can be a healthy person no matter the size of your body. Yes, there are other metrics that you should look at. Absolutely. Look at your blood pressure. You know, that, that's, an, you know that's important. Look at your, your, your resting heart rate and that sort of thing. And, you your know, and yes. If you, cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and even and even cholesterol is fraught with false um, science. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> we won't go down that rabbit hole. Maybe <laughs> on another podcast, but it you know, and 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 also like the whole um, diet heart hypothesis is so flawed. There is so much information out there. If anyone's interested, please check out Nina Teicholz, T E I C H O L Z. She has some. Um, Presentations on YouTube um, talking about uh, the seed oils and uh, fats in our bodies, and we should be eating a lot of fat, not high carbohydrates. So there's a lot of things out there in functional nutrition. I'm sure Belinda knows all about this. But (laughs) there are, you know, there's just so much false information that was pushed to us through um, other interests. And so we've adopted this in the name of governments telling us what we should do and shouldn't do. The biggest thing is to be mindful and to listen to our bodies and be, you know, like Belinda was saying, like be accepting of who you are so that you can move yourself forward in a healthy way. And it's okay. Whatever your body shape is, you have to love yourself. And that's a hard thing to do for a lot of people because we've been programmed to not love ourselves and to compare ourselves to people who don't fit into our box. And when we don't fit into that box, then we're made, we're made, we're shamed. We're made to not, we're made to feel less or lacking. And I think the work that, that you're doing, Melinda, is just, it's so important it's so important. And I definitely want to get her content and her information out there. I know there's a lot of people, men and women, and this, it, this isn't just about women. It, it's, a, it's a human issue. So um, I definitely don't want to pigeonhole just women, but I know that you're specifically working with women. So, um, okay. And we're back. We had another Wi-Fi snafu. So Belinda <laughs> is back with us. Boy, we are just being challenged by tech this morning. So (laughs) we are going to let Belinda. I'm so excited that she was able to connect again. So I want to get her information out. So Belinda, let us know how we can 
uh, if anyone's interested in all of this great information, how they can get in touch with you and where they can find you. Okay, so first of all, um, my website has everything on, the links to everything. So it's www.belindawarburton.com, okay? Um, And on there, you can go to a tab called Free Resources. Those free resources are a, a book that you can download. And also, there is a body confidence group that I run. It's called the Pink Power Body Confidence Hub. It's a, it's a Facebook group. It is private. And I make sure that nothing untoward goes on in there because this is a very sensitive subject. We are all there in the same capacity. And Unlike my socials where I do put content out, etc. So I'm just Belinda Warburton or Warburton Belinda, if you're Instagram, then in the Facebook group, you will get me live once a week with the topic of the week, whatever we're covering. And you can either listen, you can interact, you can ask me questions, whatever. And also on my website is the journal, which is a downloadable journal or a hard copy journal if you're UK and you want it posted. And this is a 12-week journal for you to work through yourself, posing some questions, giving you some ideas, giving you thoughts. Um, There's lots of exercises and stuff in there, some of which I use on my one-to-one coaching um, and some of which are really good just to help you get started to understanding where you are. And obviously on my website, there is a work with me tab. I do offer one-to-one 12-week coaching programs. I only work with a select amount of ladies at any one time for two reasons. One, because I have another business. And two, because I want to be able to give good service to the ladies that I take on. I want to see a difference in 12 weeks. I'm not offering you body love. Body love comes with time. Okay, body confidence is the one step down. People don't always realize this. Okay, so body confidence is the one step down, and it's a place you can get to. The body love has to go, has to come with repetition work. Okay, and it comes over time. So that is what I offer on my 12 week one to one coaching. That coaching is totally geared to you, to whatever you need. So everyone's journey with me is different. And I offer a one-hour discovery call. It's free. It's no obligation. Go onto my website, set up your calendar, set up a call. Um, It's over Zoom. And you will get to experience coaching, but you will also get to experience me, who I am, what I look like, how comfortable you feel with me. We have to be the right fit. We have to be able to work together. There's no point in me taking you on if you're not comfortable with me or I'm not comfortable with you for whatever reason. Doesn't mean we're doesn't mean either of us are wrong. It just means we may not be the right fit. So my website is your one stop shop, really. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So if anyone is interested, I'll put all of her links in the show notes so you can just click on those. It'll take you directly to her pages. Um but definitely reach out and find her on your your Pink Power Club is on Facebook. Is that t- correct? That's correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a so yeah, you can definitely yeah. So you can definitely connect with her there. And then uh, she has a free ebook and a journal. And so I encourage anyone who's interested in learning a little bit more uh, about all of this. Um, the free resources are great to kind of dip your toe into it and see if it's the right fit for you. But um, I've really enjoyed this conversation with Belinda. Hopefully we can have another chat again 
in the future um, to see how, if she has any new offerings coming up, but I just want to thank her for her time, your amazing story. And I hope that this uh, has resonated with anyone uh, out there. And I hope that everyone gets some content out of it. Thank you, Monica. It's been great to come on. And, and really for me, if, any words that I've said or anything they choose to follow or do just helps them one little bit to move one little step further forward then I am doing what I set out to do and I've loved being on here our technical issues aside (laughs) that's okay you know guys this is real life uh you know and that's when I started this podcast I, I this is minimal editing if the dog barks uh right now my neighbor is weed whacking his lawn so on a Saturday morning so hey that's in there too bad <laughs> you know so yeah this is real life guys and um and thank you so much for tuning in this week and uh i want to thank belinda thank you belinda. thank you thank you i will be back i have things in the pipeline um awesome. so i can't once wait i've got more stuff going up going on we'll get back in touch wonderful thank you belinda thank you very much monica have a great saturday and thank you anyone else who's watching out there Thanks for joining me today and listening to another amazing story. We have some great guests coming up for season two. The listeners have spoken and financial topics are on everyone's mind. Our guests featured will be on topics around finances, budgets, balancing family time, work and money, including side hustles, online marketing and content creation. Stay tuned for some great guests coming up. We're also going to be featuring some special spooky sodes from time to time since I'm always on the hunt for stories behind strange and unusual experiences in our ever-expanding world of consciousness. I have an online program coming up. It's self-paced so you can fit it into your own schedule. We're going to explore the three layers of healthy boundaries, grow intuition, and dive into making habits that stick. It's called Bold Boundaries, and I want you to jump on over to my website, get on the wait list if you're wondering what it's all about. It's an online printable workshop, self-paced and super affordable. The way to find the wait list is to head on over to my website at www.mountainenergywellnesscoaching.com and search for the bold boundaries tab. And right there, you can get your email and name on the contact form. Help this podcast grow by subscribing or following wherever you listen. It sure helps my efforts to grow and get these stories out there. And I'd love it if you could tell a friend about the show. If you'd like to be on the show and have a story you'd like to tell, reach out to me by sending an email to verbalecho at gmail.com. You can find any links or resources mentioned by me or my guests in the show notes below. Our music is Funk Beats by Equilix, and you can find them on Audio Jungle. I'll catch you next time around. See you soon.